Let's Talk Sports. Sports Phone with Big Al is live on 1061 ESPN. It's one high to right field. Pretty well struck. Back to the wall and gone. This guy is on a different planet right now. Jordan Alvarez with his fourth home run of the series. His second off over and it's 7-1. My goodness. And now, the voice of reason and the dean of Richmond Radio. Here's Big Al. On 1061 ESPN. And that was the second home run of the game for Alvarez as the Houston Astros rolled over the Twinkies, your final nine to one. And the uh, sad news for Oriole fans they had not been swept in a series. And if you're listening, you know what that means. They had not been swept in a series. Since, are you sitting down? May of 2022, last year. <coughs> How about that? They're the uh, second team in MLB history to be swept for the first time all season in the postseason. And going back to May of last year, last last team to get not get swept all season long, and then get swept in the first round with the '98 Tough Luck Padres. Excuse me. Great way to start the show. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here. Anyway, the Orioles are done, and that changes the lineup for today. Uh, Originally, it was going to be Houston and Minnesota at 2 o'clock, which would have been fun. Sit back, take a tall glass of water with a ham sandwich. (laughs) But uh, since Baltimore's been drummed out of the core, the... um, the slot at seven will now be filled by Houston and Minnesota. That game goes from two o'clock start to a seven p.m. start up in Minnesota. Atlanta and Philly will uh, tap it off at tap it off. That's eh, basketball. We'll uh, throw the first pitch in Philadelphia a little bit after five. Of course, we'll have that game Atlanta Philadelphia. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, and that's that's a big game as they all are. Uh, but this is a big one for the Atlanta Braves. Uh, the series nodded at one and uh, in Philadelphia. And, boy, I'll tell you what, it'd be nice to see Atlanta get a game if you're a fan of the Braves. We are here in Richmond. have a lot of Braves fans here in Richmond. And on top of that, uh, it's just would be fun to see the team with the best record in baseball advance. Now that the team with the second best record in baseball has been eliminated, they've been eliminated, they've been eliminated, eliminated. So that's the name of that tune. And also tonight at nine oh seven will be the Diamondbacks going for a broom of their own, the Golden Broom, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And so that's the schedule for today now is is the first game will be Atlanta, Philadelphia. You'll hear that here. When that's over with, we'll pick up the Houston, Minnesota game at seven, seven say seven fifteen by the time it starts. Uh, when Atlanta Philly wrap up, we'll pick that game up right here on one oh six one ESPN. And then at nine the Dodgers and, and, and Diamondbacks in Arizona when the when the game between the uh, Houston Astros and Minnesota Twins wraps up, we will pick up Dodgers in Arizona. There you have it. Anyway, good morning. Beautiful morning out again. We had a great fall day yesterday. I spent too much of it inside here. I didn't leave till two something, I think. And boy, I tell you what, I went outside and said, man, I have missed a, the greater part of a beautiful fall day. <laughs> so my intention is to get out of here a little bit earlier today and enjoy another beautiful fall day. Anyway, this is Sports Phone on 1061 ESPN. I'm Big Al. We thank you for tuning in. Robert the Bruce on the other side of the glass. Morning, dog. Morning. How's it going this morning? How's it going? Well, I'll get over my morning frog and uh, everything will be smooth sailing. Yeah, what do you think about the question on the TV screen over over your shoulder? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> How I mean, many times have we asked that question? <laughs> I'd say uh, probably about 17,403 times. And if he didn't play for a certain team, it probably would never be it asked. It would not. <laughs> yes. We all yeah. know how it works. Uh, we're looking at a can Dak Prescott lead the Cowboys to the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm sure that has been probably been asked multiple times already this week. Or should he be benched should he be traded i mean there's probably so many questions flowing about him i think it's a simplification of an offense i think that offense might be a little you know too simplified just from the standpoint of you need to do some more things to confuse the defense and i don't know if mccarthy can do was going to do that oh (laughs) yeah uh, we got one other thing to get to that day a couple of things to get to today is a lot of pro football. We do have, oh, by the way, let me remind you, uh, Pedro Aruza, the head coach of the 10th-ranked Yellow Jackets, will be uh, with us at 8.35. But we want to talk about your boy uh, Belichick again. Uh, we want to do that. There are other things going on out there with Mr. Fruitcake. What, just can't get the spotlight off himself, can he? Oh, he wants to have a debate with Travis Kelsey yeah. about the vaccines, yeah. and I just I could care less about that debate. <laughs> this I mean, is why I call Mr. Fruitcake. This is why I'm so tired. It's Rogers fatigue. Go away. Go away, away, away. Climb a mountain in Montana, and hey, see if you can jump off. Who cares about what you think about about COVID medicine? I don't care what he thinks. I, Why do people think that we care about what they say? I really th- it, the, the way I look at it is you do whatever's best for you, whatever you think's best for you in this situation. I'm not going to judge anybody, but stop being like Aaron Rodgers and telling other people what to do. Just let people do what they think is best in their situations. Well, we'll get to that coming up. But I mean, just I uh, mean, it just it Travis just, Kelsey's trying to have some fun with it, and Aaron Rodgers I think is taking it seriously. I just. Travis Kelsey can laugh about it. It seems like I don't. I don't. Aaron Rodgers. He was laughing about it. Now he's starting to, like, he wants to debate. I mean, he's he's smirking, but I think he's serious. He he can't take any kind of criticism. Uh, Rodgers. Rodgers. Yeah. Kelsey. Kelsey's fine. He's just laughing. Well, he it off. He's working on his he injury. He's uh, yeah. whatever's going on with Taylor Swift. Their partnership, but and his team is four and one. He's out on the field. I think yeah. he'll be playing 
uh, late in January, I'm sure. Yeah. Mike Freeman had a story in USA, and then another USA Day, another one. Uh, Victoria Hernandez never heard of her rights for USA in the in online, and uh, pretty much has a story about it too. I, I wanted to get. I meant to print the one by Mike Freeman, but I'll get to it. But we'll get we'll get to all that coming up. Um, <laughs> it's just uh, it's just it's just that he he, he must have been neglected as a child. That's all I can think of is they put him in a corner, they turned the chair around, put the dunce cap on him, and made him stare at the walls right there in the corner because it's like he can't get enough attention. Well, that's what I he, mean, shut up and go away. That's what he did. He stared at walls during that darkness <coughs> retreat. Four days. Yeah, so, I don't yeah. know. I don't know what his history is, but man, it didn't. And it didn't used to be. He didn't. He wasn't like this at the start of his career. It's kind of like oh, how no. Brett, Brett Favre got weird towards the end of his career. Oh. Not to this level. It was a different type of weird in that retire, unretire, all that stuff. Well, you know, it's a matter of uh, you, you know, when you're starting out, you kind of got to you know sort of mind your p's and q's and right. cut your cut your rope, cut your path, that kind of thing. You're not going to be boisterous and loud like that unless you've got the the personality you can back it up like like Muhammad Ali or somebody like that. People that can back it up. But I mean, he won one Super Bowl. Huh? Okay, who did they beat? I don't even remember they beat. Remember they beat the Steelers, thirty-one to twenty-five. Yeah, that see, Steelers could have won that game. It's a damn shame now that they did. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Shut that. Yeah, Rodgers played an incredible game. That P. Night. Woods, huh? He played an incredible game that night. Okay, great. Pass the biscuits. Got to give credit where it's due. They give it where it's due, <laughs> but I mean, it doesn't mean you can sit there and, and, and continue to do what you do. No, he has a right to his opinion, but he's just so <laughs> obnoxious about it. And last year, I remember he said he was immunized. He had to be. He had to have some fun with that. Just, just say you weren't vaccinated. There's a lot of people that aren't vaccinated. You can just be honest. Don't have fun with. It's just, it's just we, like, I don't know. <laughs> I, I just, I don't, I don't get that stuff. That's like serious life stuff. If you want to do the retire, not retire, that's that's your thing. That's football. But when you start getting into serious stuff, it's just, it's just. This is stuff outside of football. It's getting weird. Are we it's surprised? Been weird. No, no, no. But I just think it's funny that he's uh, him and Travis Kelsey are going about this trap. Meanwhile, Travis Kelsey's out there just doing his thing, um, and just kind of taking it as it comes. But Aaron Rodgers already wants a debate. Yeah, he wants to debate him on that. Who's going to tune in to watch that? I'm sure there will. There's there's the Travis Kelsey. I mean, if it's on Pat McAfee <laughs> like he wants it to be, there definitely will be people. But I don't think Mac. I think McAfee knows better than to actually have that on his program. Yeah, he knows how to program stuff. So you know, I wish Kelsey and his brother Jason would pay a visit to uh, to Aaron Rodgers' uh, condo or wherever he's living in the swamps of Jersey, or if he's in Green Bay, just pay a visit to him. You know, lean a little, lean a little heavy on him. Yeah. Like you know, we don't really care about you. Anyway, enough of this. Enough of this. Uh, there were baseball games. I mentioned yesterday there were two of them and, uh, in the two games. Uh, Houston, no problem, Minnesota 9-1. Texas 7-1 over the Orioles. Orioles are home. Minnesota advances, and there are three games today. It's 8-12 already. I've got a question for you. When we return about uh, pro football, and we shall do that when, when we hear from our fine sponsors. We'll get back right at it. I was looking for the Mike Freeman column. Where he really talks about your boy Fruitcake being a clown. That's why I'm really trying to find where I printed it. Because anytime a writer on a national uh, platform 
can, can sit there and call him a clown. I feel validated. I feel like, hey, I'm right about this guy. I see it right here. Anti-vaxxer Aaron Rodgers makes a fool of himself mocking Travis Kelsey as, quote, Mr. Pfizer from USA Today. Mr. Pfizer, and it's just it's not lost on anyone that he works for the New York Jets. Aaron Rodgers does. He's a contract with them, and that's the Johnson & Johnson family. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just what does I just? They put out vaccines. Johnson Johnson. Just, he's ridiculous. He's just. I mean, maybe this is all fun to him, but I think he takes it seriously. Is this a USA Today Mike Freeman thing where he says he he comes out as a clown with you know floppy shoes and all that? Well, the first the first line is Aaron Rodgers is a fool. Okay. This isn't easy to say, but it's been established for years. now. Well, what I'm saying is a clown. I'm sure so he I, says that somewhere. I like oh, that. here it is. Yeah, there you go. He was dressing again himself in a clown suit with floppy go. shoes Thank and a you. red nose. And That's... yes, again, his words are potentially dangerous. That's the thing is there's people out there that take what he says seriously. Then, then they're the fools. That's Yeah, they're, yeah, you're they're the, the fools if you're fools. taking that guy. He's a football quarterback. He's not a doctor. He doesn't play one nope. on TV. He didn't stay at a Holiday Inn last night. He did not. No, no. I just, you know, he's, he's just... You know, Rogers wants to get into a, 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 a debate, he and Robert Kennedy and Anthony Fauci, who has been, golly, was I listening to some stuff about him yesterday. Boy, did Fauci screw the pooch. I mean, plain and simple. He just, anyway, we're not getting into that either. Uh, sad note in sports today, Mary Lou Retton, uh, who won the gold in the Olympics in 84, which were in L.A., I think, uh, boycotted by the Russians, because we boycotted the Russians in 80. Uh, when they went into Afghanistan. Isn't that funny? And anyway, so pneumonia, very rare form of pneumonia. And she's been in ICU for a week and cannot breathe on her own. She's 55. She was 16 when she won the gold in 84. Uh, you know, it's just, you know, if, you're, if you watch everything then, you knew, you watch. It was kind of cool and remarkable to watch. She wasn't Nadia Comaneci. She did not get a 10, but she won the gold for the U.S. of A. in 84. And it's a sad piece of news. All right, stay with us. We're here. We're live. We are talking sports, and we're going to do it till 10 o'clock. Again, RMC head coach, Ronald Megan head coach of the 10th-ranked Yellow Jackets, Pedro Aruza, joins us at 835. Stay with us. Braves baseball. Your search ends here. Follow every curveball, stolen base, and grand slam of the playoffs here on the exclusive home of the Atlanta Braves in the capital city. 1061 ESPN Richmond. And now a special. Here's the one about that. Uh, anyway, we're back. We're here. We're live. One thing I, <coughs> excuse me. One thing I missed uh, two days ago on Monday, Monday, Monday. I can't find this one sheet I'm looking for. Anyway, um, it was John Lennon's 83rd birthday Monday. How about them apples? That's a notable name. <laughs> yeah, this just in. Um, dang, on 83, it would have been on October the 9th. How old was he when he... 40. 40. He'd been dead longer than he's alive. He's That's, alive. That is sad. Such, <laughs> one of the most talented artists there's, and songwriters there's been. Yeah, the guy shoots him, kills him for no reason. It's the 
No reason. Praise fan. What? It was a fan. Yeah, just fan. absolutely just got his autograph earlier just, that night. Then hung around. Absolutely just nuts. That's what sometimes fandom will do to people. Just go nuts. What well, was it? He well, yeah. What he trying to impress uh, Jody Foster, or was that the one that uh, that shot? Who now lives in Williamsburg, free to roam. This guy that shot Reagan. I'm talking about Ronald uh, Reagan. Yeah. Um, John Hinckley Jr. When that, you know, I get them mixed I up. I do know there. Yeah, I think I know of that though. That there's someone that's free to yeah, walk yeah, the streets. Yeah, just you know, stayed in a mental rest home, and uh, just was you know, he allowed some freedom. And now he's, I think, living in Williamsburg and you know, trying to play music in bars. Good luck. Good luck. You shot the president. And, yeah. I don't care if it's a Republican or Democrat. You don't shoot a president. You don't do it. It's just wrong. Bad. Bad dog. Anyway, so uh, anyway, then it was uh, Mark David Chapman that shot uh, uh, John Lennon for. I think he was trying to impress Jody. I bet that really impressed her. I think, unless I got it mixed up, I don't think Hinckley was trying to impress her. Anyway, uh, eighty-three years old and been dead forty-three years. Elvis Presley died in seventy-seven at the age of forty-two. So I mean, he passed his double his life a while back. Uh, so anyway, enough of that. But uh, sad to see these uh, these things. Uh, what I wanted to ask you when we got back, and what I am going to ask you, what I'm asking you now, <clears throat> give me your top five in the National Football League right now. Your top five. Right now. Right now. Not, not, not 10 seconds ago, but right now. <laughs> uh, do you want them in order? You know, no, like to, let's play. Let's play. Uh, yeah, what no, you, I'm saying, do you want me to go from five to one or one to five? I think five to one is what I like. Right. I always like to go up the ladder and see who's left standing. Uh, number five. And I promise people that may be falling along, I'm not just going based off the standings. Um, because of some injuries, I have bumped the Lions to number five. They have bumped the Buffalo Bills to six. Well, they're four and one. Yeah, that, that too, but the Bills lost Matt Milano and Tredavious White, a starting linebacker and a starting corner who are both all pros. That's notable. Such as football. I know, but I'm saying yeah. that that's a, those are big losses. Don't make an excuse for your Bills. <laughs> the Bills and they do have the, one of the most impressive wins of the year, the Bills do. Can, can we say, what, what was that? They stomped the Dolphins. I mean, just I mean, they could have beaten them by Such as football. 80 if they wanted to. They were just dominating the Dolphins. All right, the, the uh, Leones of Detroit are number five. Who's number four there, Moose? The Miami Dolphins. Oh. At this point of the season. Oh. They are. They are the best offense in football. There's, there's, oh, they have some rivals. Mr. Big Pants. But they, uh, they, they, I mean, their speed is just ridiculous. Their speed is <laughs> That's, you know, you watch these teams. I watch these teams. And I think, I, I know I said it yesterday, maybe not exactly like this, but you know, you, I watch teams like Miami and other teams that have the speed. You know, Kansas City has speed. Buffalo's got some speed with Diggs. And, you get, and then I will turn on the Washington game, I think. Man, I'm watching. I'm watching the turtle race here. Yeah. I'm watching the snail, the sloth, whatever it is. I'm watching something where they ain't moving fast. There's no quickness, no speed. Go ahead. Number three. Number three is the Kansas City Chiefs, but they also feature the best player in the world, <laughs> best football player in the world. I'm not there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, forget that. All right, the second best football player in the world, and yeah. the biggest X factor in the NFL. <laughs> yeah, I'm upset. Uh, number two is going to be the Eagles. It's the Eagles, right now. All right, speaking of Eagles, tell me what you think of the band, the Eagles. I like them. Overrated. I wouldn't go that far. Uh, for me. Okay, for I'll you. My overrated. It is. Name all the good songs they had. I like Life in the Fast Lane. I like uh, Desperado. I like that one. Hotel California is great. I love that guitar solo. 
I, I just it's like Elton John. Oh, yeah, he only no, had like two or three songs that I liked. Yeah. But you know, oh Elton John, he's a candle in the wind. I mean, some of these bands. I mean, Eagles. They had some good songs, but not that many, in my opinion. Right. This was all about life. Is about your opinions. Busy being fabulous. I love that one. No, I, I, Leather and Lace. Uh, the that was he, with Stevie Nicks. Yeah, Stevie Nicks and Don Henley that did it. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was Don Henley. Yeah, one. that wasn't. A, um, yeah. But no, just I, I like. So you Eagles. like Leather and Lace, huh? Do you? Yeah. Tell me more about yourself. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like the Eagles. <laughs> so you like you like the Eagles? And my number one team is the San Francisco Forty ers <laughs> Wear your Leather and Lace out there, buddy. Road, see what happens. Ooh. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but the 49ers to this point, I don't think it's hard for many people to deny they've been the most impressive team. So okay, far. now, Dan, take it a step further. Neutral field, Niners uh, and Lions. Niners. <laughs> Neutral field, Niners and Dolphins, Niners. number four. Damn, don't even let me finish my sentence. You're jumping on your Dolphins well, with two feet. Well, the 49ers have a mix. They have an offense that isn't quite as explosive as Miami's, but they have a very good offense, and they have – a me that defense is really good nasty nasty and it doesn't talk as much as dallas's or new york's they don't have as many people that talk they just go out there and, <coughs> and they make you feel it that because i remember last year teams were i think oh it was they they were winless after playing the 49ers it's it's one of these teams that just is physical and you feel them they impact you the next week too yeah oh, because of the physicality yeah uh, and I mean every NFL team getting hit by any NFL linebacker is tough. Uh, but, what, but Fred Warner boy, and those guys, what, man, vicious. The 49ers, they are yeah. they're a tough team. Did you realize they're already through five games plus ninety nine in points? <laughs> I'm looking at that right yeah, now. I mean, that's it's just, ridiculous. I mean five games, that's twenty points a game. Better. I mean Miami has got the point lead with one eighty one, right? But they've allowed a buck thirty five. Yeah, that so buff- your difference is not quite fifty, which is not quite ten. Yeah, that Buffalo game changed thing. Miami was in a healthy lead with that, then they got blown out. Well, the Broncos got dolphins, and the Dolphins <laughs> got billed. Yep. Yeah, pay your bill. Uh, and no, then, and then my Jaguars avenged uh, the Dolphins and got Josh Allen. The Bills got jagwired. Yep. <laughs> All right. Hey, listen, Moose. The uh, even Philadelphia five and zero in number two in most polls you look at. Uh, the Eagles at five and zero. Their point differential is only thirty seven, which is seven point four points per game. Yeah, and they haven't played some murderers row so far. No. Patriots, Vikings, Buccaneers, Commanders, Rams. Oh. And they haven't really Whoa. played their A game yet. What's the day Wednesday? I'm going to get my thing today. Uh, so, yeah, they, they haven't played the, a gauntlet. They haven't crossed a gauntlet. There's not a. Yeah, they have not. Their pass defense is gettable, too. That They have a n- very notable weakness, and it was there last year. They just didn't play many great quarterbacks. No, they haven't yet. Um, but that that pass defense. I mean, you saw Sam Howe. He threw all over them. Kirk Cousins threw. I mean, you can throw on the Eagles if you're going to get them, and that's why it would worry me against a quarterback that's a very good quarterback. Um, but when you're playing certain teams, you don't have to worry. They about haven't as much. played a good quarterback yet, is what you're saying. They've played some good. Well, I'm saying they've like Kirk Cousins lit them up, but he couldn't do enough to get them over the top. I mean, I think he had four touchdowns, almost 400 yards. So. Um, Imagine what Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen could do against that defense. New England, man, New England's best game was a twenty-five to twenty loss 
at home to the Eagles. And you can make an argument their 24-17 to loss to the Dolphins is their second best. Yeah. I mean, they had the win over the Jets, but it was ugly, and they just kind of have a mental edge over them. <coughs> they're, they're, they're not good. I, I, I thought they they're would be, not I, good? I thought they're they, not good? I thought they would be just a tough out each week, and that, that's gone out the window. Uh, yeah, the, the Zach Wilson has was was still kind of trying to figure out how he's to tie his shoes, his cleats. He's gotten one tied. He's got yeah, he's gotten <laughs> he's gotten better. Uh, you know, maybe fruitcake is coaching him up a little bit. You know, that could be the deal there. You know, fruitcake is not. Well, never mind. Yeah, the, well, in the last two games, it's been wonderful. They've been outscored seventy-two to three. Yeah, three as we noted points. yesterday. And the Saints were coming off of a bad loss to the Buccaneers. They hadn't looked great all year, and all of a sudden they got right against the Patriots. That never used to happen with Tom Brady there. When was, when was the last time you heard of the Patriots as your get-right game? Well, I just happen to have a story here. Right here. I made, I made two copies so you can have one to read, and it's by a very good writer. Uh, I really like this guy, uh, Jerry Brewer. Who writes for the Washington uh, Liberal, uh, the one up there where it says democracy dies in darkness. <sighs> really? I think it dies right in front of our eyes in the light of day. Anyway, Jerry Brewer is a very good writer. Who is Bill Belichick without Tom Brady? Which is which Max is probably, you know, walking around. <laughs> I can't say it on the air. Oh, they do a podcast. Anyway, a coach at a loss is what it says. Uh, <laughs> so I read this. This is very. This is a fun read. Anyway, all right. Let's take a pause so we can get to Coach Aruza on time. Pedro Aruza, good guy and great guy and a great coach. And he, you know, it's just like I see good things happening to good people. Yeah, the uh, New England beat the Jets. Their best two games were their first two games. Even beating the Jets wasn't as good as losing to Philadelphia by five or Miami by seven. And then they got what did they get? They got ham and egg by Dallas and New Orleans. All right, let's take that pause, and we shall return. Coaches, join us when we get back. For the Dallas Cowboys all season is 1061 ESPN. Brought to you by Arthur's Electric and Park and Go. Oh, let it crank. We, we've got a coach on. We can't keep him waiting. It's 8.36 already. Uh, coach Pedro Aruza of the Randolph-Macon Yellow Jackets, the 10th ranked Randolph-Macon Yellow Jackets up in Ashland. And, boy, the, 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 it's like Sonny and Cher. The beat goes on. Uh, since 2018, the Jackets, the Yellow Jackets, are 48-7. and seven. And that's a top winning percentage for all programs at all levels in Virginia, Carolina, Maryland, and of course, uh, just uh, you know, winning every year. Nine or more games in four of the last five seasons, and quite on the roll this year. We'll get to that momentarily. Coach, good morning. Thank you for joining us. Always a pleasure to have you on. Going back twenty years, I think, Coach. Correct? It is. It is year number twenty here. Ha! That's great. That really is. That's you've you have built a program up there as people like to describe successful seasons and over a, a length of time. 
uh, just to be able to do what you've done. I made similar notes that, of course, Phil Stanton sent me, uh, to, well, through, uh, through Robert, sent uh, some stats and numbers that I'd put together yesterday. Uh, I'm off a little bit because I take Phil Stanton's as Bible. Uh, Phil Stanton says, y'all are averaging this, then, then I'm going to believe Phil Stanton over my numbers. But anyway, congratulations on, on uh, so far another successful season. 5-0, and as I mentioned, or 10th ranked, as I mentioned, 5-0. and zip. Uh, wins uh, versus Catholic Southern Virginia Guilford in conference Averett last weekend in conference and head up to Bridgewater this week but uh, coach you're not the kind of guy that's going pile on points you know you're the kind of guy that will, you kind of coach in my belief is you're going to play your football game and, and, but you're not going to pile on and you're not doing that your team is just that good aren't they yeah I think we've had a good uh a good start to the year, and our, our defense has played really, really well, and we've gotten some tur- turnovers early in games and some short fields, and we played our, our twos for, you know, pretty much the entire second half in almost every game so far this year, so we've been able to play a lot of guys and, you know, been able to get a lot of guys' experience, but, you know, when your twos go in there, you want your quarterback to be able to run your offense and throw it around a little bit, otherwise he's not going to develop. Right. But, uh yeah, we're off to a decent start. Yeah, I would say. Uh, and again, I don't believe for one second you're piling on. I mean, the points you put up, uh, your yardage you're putting up, you know, 530 yards a game, you're holding other teams, and you're ranked nationally high in, in, in every category. I mean, you're rushing. Yeah, I love a rushing defense like you. What you have, you only allow 25 yards a game, and I think you held a couple opponents to 10 yards, uh, and then uh, one other one minus two for the for the game. And I know you don't want to hear all this, and say it's, it's praise for your team, but it's good coaching and great athletes, and this is what you guys are doing. You're stopping them on defense, and you're overwhelming them on offense. It's just plain and simple. Yeah, I think we've done a good job of recruiting, and we've got you know great great kids in the program, and you know they really buy into what we're doing. And when you've got great players, and you know they're doing what they're supposed to be doing, then you're going to have a little bit of success. So, you know, we've got a, a tough stretch coming up here. Bridgewater's a you know great football team and a great program, and uh, we've got some other other tough games down the uh, down the pike here. So, we're certainly not uh, looking ahead or. You know, thinking too much about what's happened in the last uh, five games or what happened last year. Last year was a different team. So... Between you and me, I'm just worried about getting ready for practice this afternoon. <laughs> well, that's yeah, that's that's definitely the way coaches think one at a time and, and get your practices in order. Well, a couple of things that jump out at me that I really like is your conversion rate on third down. Now, is this something y'all practice on? I would think it might be uh, during the course of a week. Okay, we got third and seven. We got third and three. This is what we're going to run. So, I mean, do you run those kind of things, those drills in practice, coach? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, that's a big point of emphasis for us, and it, it always has been, and, you know, something that we measure, and we, you know, I come in and talk to the team on Sundays after games, we evaluate certain things, like, you know, obviously, how many points did you score, how many points did you give up, how many ta- how many takeaways did you have, how many turnovers did you have, um, you know, third down completion, you know, percentage or conversion percentage on offense, what did we hold them to on defense, what are we doing in the uh, in the red zone, you know, things like that, and it's something that, you know, we, we stress, we emphasize, we talk to our players about all the time, and, uh, you know, we have periods designated in practice specifically to uh, to address that, and, you know, we've got a good quarterback, we've got some good skill kids, you know, we're, we're really good up front, and I think that 
again, it all comes down to the players, right? We've got a, a really good quarterback who knows where he's going with the ball and, you know, good guys to throw it to. So I think that really helps. But definitely a point of emphasis is something we talk about every week. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, here's our goal. Our goal is to convert 50% of our third downs. Our goal is to <laughs> hold the opponent to 30%. And, uh, you know, again, our, our kids know that that's a point of emphasis in the program and you got to be able to stay on on the field on third down offensively and get off the field defensively. And so it's a huge point of emphasis in the program. Well, you're complete, you're succeeding. You're in not only your 50%, but you're exceeding your expectation or what you're looking for, because you're, as you know, 62.3, nearly two thirds uh, of uh, your attempts, you're converting something else. Coach, I really like not only the five and oh, and being able to score at will, it seems, but you're controlling the clock. Uh, nearly 35 minutes a game, just under that, allowing the opposition to have the ball for just about, just a little over 25 a game. Uh, is that, I guess, a combination of having a very good offense and a very good defense, isn't it? Yeah, I think that's, again, that's something that, that's a point of emphasis here. You know, I think some coaches don't, <clears throat> don't value that statistic. And, you know, we don't go into a game, you know, necessarily saying, hey, we've got to have the ball for 32 minutes or 35 minutes, but... You know, it just kind of works out that way. I think that we still huddle up. I still like the huddle. I think the, the huddle's a big deal. And, you know, our, our players know that, you know, we can't put our defense in bad, bad situations. I think it, you know, still got to be able to play great defense. And if you're going up-tempo all the time and time of possession doesn't matter to you, then, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to put a lot of stress on your defense. So, <laughs> you know, we're going to do whatever we can to help help our defense be successful and you know that means you know time of possession it means running the football and being physical and establishing a mindset and you know that that's part of the thing that you know when you're putting together a, an offense or a defense right you know one thing we talk about a lot here is how is what we're doing on offense going to complement what we're doing on defense and how is what we're doing on defense and special teams going to complement what we're doing on on offense it's a it's a team game and all those things have to work you know, in tandem, and uh, so you don't just hire a bunch of independent contractors and say, hey, you run the offense, you run the defense, and you run the special teams, right? Everything's got to work together, and everybody's got to be on the same page about how what you're doing on defense is going to impact what you're doing on offense, and mm-hmm. how what you're doing on offense is going to impact your, your defense. So, you know, why do we run the ball? Well, part of it is to control the clock. Part of it is to establish a mindset you know, with our football team, and part of it is that, you know, our kids on defense get to go against that every single day during fall camp, and I think it uh, prepares them for what they're going to see during the season. If all you're doing is throwing it around during camp, then, you know, your defensive kids aren't going to be prepared when the season rolls around and somebody tries to run it right at you. Yeah. Well, the, the the nice thing is your offense is playing against a very good defense in practice and vice versa. Your defense is playing against a very good offense. Uh, you talk about the time of possession, the controlling the, the time. I've said this on the air a number of times and, uh, you know, interviewing Sam Huff, uh, either in studio or up at Redskins, the old Redskins training camp, the Washington 
training camp over the years uh, th- that Sam Huff had said to me. He said, "Look, Vince Lombardi told me you know you, you control the clock, you run the ball, you control the clock, you control the clock, you control the game, and it, you've you've proven that adage, that saying, uh, with your nearly thirty five minutes and what you do. And, and I'd rather see that personally as a fan of football uh, than uh, than a, a hurry up offense that where you keep the ball for twenty minutes and the other team gets it for forty, and in the end you lose your turnover margin and ratio is very." good everything's clicking right now and i want to put a jinx on you about the bridgewater game this year tell us about bridgewater if you would coach yeah good good team good program uh got an outstanding running back uh you know arguably the best running back in the uh in the odak um i think their quarterbacks played really really well you know he he throws throws the ball well he's also you know their second leading rusher um you know, they've got some good skill kids. They're they're good up front. You know, de- defensively, I think the thing that uh, ends out is they you know they've got some kids that can can run around. They they run extremely well. They're physical up front. You know, they they cover well in the secondary, and uh, and they're really well coached. I mean, they have a plan every week, and they know what they're doing, and their kids know exactly where they fit in the uh, in the scheme, and so uh, you know they're always. Uh, always a tough game that's always a battle with them well what is it uh, you mentioned the, the the quarterback the running back uh offense defense if you look you look at it what is, each side of the ball what is your main concern uh, i know you mentioned a couple just then but give us one one on each side of the ball that concerns you about this team about bridgewater going up there and playing them up in harrisburg this weekend well, I mean, I don't know that there's one thing. I think that, you know, the, the running back is really good. You know, the quarterback mm-hmm. can, can run. And I think that, you know, again, we, we just have to be, you know, solid in every phase. We've got to be able to run the football. We've got to be able to stop the run. You know, we have to protect the football and hopefully create some takeaways and, you know, just do the things that we talk about, you know, week to week, you know. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think the keys week to week are pretty, you know, pretty similar every week you know i think football is still a game of fundamentals you've got to be able to block you've got to be able to tackle well um got to be able to you know execute your assignment and uh do your job and just do the basics you know i mean it's not rocket science it was i wouldn't be wouldn't be coaching so you might be simple it's a simple it's a simple game but it's hard you know because it's hard to do those things and you know it's hard to be consistent week in and week out and it's you know that that's really the key to the whole yeah. thing, you know. Is you know showing up every day and working hard at the little things and and being fundamentally sound. And you know, like I said, it's not uh, it's nothing worth shattering. The games that we've lost over the years, it hasn't been because we've been out schemed. It's generally been because you know we didn't tackle well, we didn't uh, you know cover down receivers, we didn't rush the ball well. You know, we just didn't do the things that mm-hmm. you know we we spend a lot of time drilling. And uh, that that's one thing that. Again, even though we had a great season last year and, yeah. you know, accomplished a lot, you know, we talked a lot, lot about in the offseason. We've got to get back to, you know, being better basic, you know, at the basics and better at the fundamentals and, you know, just just being really, really good at the things that, that matter. You know, that's kind of – football. football's like that and life is like that, right? Just being able to show up every day and right. consistently do the things that you need to do to be great. 
So, well, so far, Bridgewater's four and one, as you know. They dropped their opener now, number thirteen, Susquehanna, uh, beat them uh, early opener, September second. They since ripped off four in a row. Uh, I know you, I don't want to keep you, don't want to hold you up too long, but let me ask you this: Would you say Bridgewater is the best team you faced so far this season, or would you rather not comment on that? Yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any question about it. I mean, they were in the game with Susquehanna. Susquehanna's a great, great program, and you know they've won a lot of games over the last few years and you know Bridgewater was right there with them and uh you know they had a uh, a bad snap on a punt Bridgewater did and their punter uh had a miscue on a uh on a fumble and uh Susquehanna was able to you know get a touchdown there at the end of the fir- first half and kind of got a little bit of a lead going into halftime but uh you know absolutely I mean we you know we respect every opponent on our schedule we have a lot of respect for Bridgewater and their football mm-hmm. program and uh, we know that we're going to have to beat our best if you know we want to have a shot to win this game. Well, uh, Coach, good luck to you. Uh, you. Go up to Bridgewater and show those Eagles that the, the that Ashland is the center of the Division Three football universe, and uh, the Randolph making Yellow Jackets get a win up there and bring it on home. And get ready for your next week. But thank you for joining us, and I hope to do it again when the season's uh, wrapping up for you, Coach. Okay, I appreciate it. Thank you. Good luck Thanks, up. At, good luck up at Bridge at Water, and stay healthy with the team. And look forward to talking to you again soon. All right, sounds good. All Thank right. you very much. Yes, sir. Yep. Thank you, Pedro Ruzza, the head coach of the Randolph Macon Yellow Jackets. <coughs> excuse me, five and zero this year. They've been putting up points like the Niagara Falls. I mean, the water doesn't stop. Bam, they're scoring over fifty every game this year, and they've had what? Uh, what? Uh, Phil Stanton, boy, I tell you what, he's got some good information. So a couple of things that I did miss, but certainly like always hearing from him. Um, they've scored over 30 for, I don't know, 23 straight games. So let's see. Let's hope they get up here and get a win against Bridgewater, come back, and they'll have, what, uh, four games left, I believe, after that. All right, let's uh, take a pause. It's 10 minutes to 9, 8.50. We shall return. We'll pick up We'll pick up uh, Robert DeBruce's. Uh, so far, he's got the Niners beating the Lions and the Dolphins. His Dolphins on neutral field. Stay with us. And all of baseball on your radio dial. There's a reason to keep it locked to 1061 ESPN Richmond, your home for the Atlanta Braves and the River City. We're here, we're here, we're here. And thanks to Pedro Ruzza, uh, Robert the Bruce, and Phil Stanton for getting all that worked out to have the coach on. They go up, to, as I said, to Bridgewater on Saturday, 2 o'clock kickoff. All right, the um, your, your top five, Lions, Dolphins, Chiefs, Eagles, Niners. Uh, hard to disagree <clears throat> with that. The uh, Lions are proving to be real. Well, no, they were fake before. They're little toy soldiers. Uh, the Lions, uh, in, in a, one of the uh, polls I looked at this morning, the Lions are th- as high as third. So they're four and one. They kind of fall in that eagle category. 148-4-107 against them. I got to look at who, uh, during the pause, I want to look at who they played. Uh, and then we'll see uh, see how these things are matching up. The uh, all right, the Niners and the Chiefs on a neutral field. You got the Chiefs at three. Lions, Niners, neutral field. Lions, Niners. 
Niners Chiefs. Oh, Niners Chiefs. Did I say Lions more than once? Yeah, he said, it, he said it multiple times. Chiefs, Chiefs, uh, Chiefs. My bad. 49ers. 49ers, Chiefs, neutral field. The X Factor gets it done. Patrick Mahomes makes a play late and beats the 49ers. That's how much trust I have in that guy right now. He's kind. It's kind of. It feels like how New England would do at times. They just would hang around, do the fundamentals. They've the Chiefs have gotten the fundamentals down more than they did in the early years of this run, um, and they just they hang around, even when they don't play great. They hang around. You have the Chiefs beating the Niners on a neutral field. I think the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs are the better overall team, but it's, they got the Chiefs have the best football player in the world. What about that nasty defense? It is nasty, but Patrick <clears throat> Mahomes lit it up last year when they played. I know it's last year, but the most recent evidence, he lit it up. All right, as we all know, Jamie King predicted the right score. Did, did he do that? Did you hear him say that before the Super Bowl? Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's validated. It's legit. It is. 38-35. He was uh, Mahomes, the last person to beat the Eagles, and the last person to beat the 49ers with Brock Purdy actually on the field, not going to a hospital, like when uh, Purdy did against the Eagles, unfortunately. Not to laugh at that. that Niners, was... Eagles, neutral field. <clears throat> Niners. Right now, Niners win. Health will play a huge role in deciding that game when it does matter. So the only team they would lose to right now would be the Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs have earned the benefit of the doubt. I think they should have earned the benefit of the doubt to anyone. Not saying you have to pick them, but the Chiefs have earned some benefit of the doubt because they have Mm -hmm. proven it year in, year out. And again this year, they're having a down-ish year. They're 4-1. Niners and Dolphins. You already have them losing to them. Yeah, I think it'd be a fun game, but Niners defense makes the difference. Maybe a late two interception or a fumble by Raheem Mostert, something like that. Probably the fumble by Raheem Mostert. He's fumbled it in two straight games. Calling you out, Raheem. <laughs> the Mule Skinners get to play, or play them in the penultimate game. Uh, number 16 on January the, the 6th or end of December, whichever one it is. All right, let's take that pause right here. Top of the hour pause. Stay with us. This is Sports Phone on 106.1 ESPN. I'm Big Al. Robert the Bruce, outside side of the glass. Give us a call when we return. They took care of the Black Bear. Now they're